This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. another uh, 23-24 season preview, our regular contributor to the uh, podcast, Neil Sutton, and also a regular and welcome contributor, because he knows a lot more about football than both of us, former player uh, and media pundit, uh, Gary Hours. Gary, how are you doing? All right? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Are you, are, you, are, you, are you viewing the season with anticipation that's just around the corner now, a week or so to go? I think everybody is. This is the, the time... The everyone gets excited. We're all looking at the pre-season results. Very, very interesting and um, everything's going well. But um, of course, we haven't got any points on the board yet and that'll come round very, very quickly when we take on Preston at Ashton Gate. Yeah, no, well, that's sort of barely, well, we're recording this on the Fridays, a week away now. Gary, what was your ideal pre-season preparation? If you go back, you played under a lot of managers yeah, so they all had their different approaches. I read in the paper today that Nigel's not a great fan of preseason uh, in general. Um, but what what was the looking at all your experience? What was the best preparation for a season that you can remember? Preseason was brutal. I, I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, the games had nothing on them. You, you know, you you when you play professional football, you want to and you're a sportsman and you're competitive, you want to play for points, you know, friendlies, there's, there's nothing on them. We ran so much. We come in for two weeks, we didn't see a ball. All we did was we ran in the morning and we ran in the evening and just severe long-distance running, no no rhyme or reason, you know, no no data, uh, no sports science, overtrained, got injured, you know, you're in there, two days and, and the six or seven lads piling in on the top of the physio for treatment, sore hamstrings, sore groins, sweat rash because the kit never got washed and you had to wash the had to wear the same kit all the time. So it wasn't it wasn't enjoyable. Um and I look now and I see the lads uh, going off uh, to training camps in different countries, getting a bit of sunshine, playing games very 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 early on, playing 45 minutes, lovely. 30 minutes, lovely. And uh, and gradually building up the fitness for the first game of the season. So, totally different concept. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. This season, we had the summer training camp. Um, 
but it's more of a bonding session and sort of fitness but it's it didn't seem as intense as what you said because i spent that was running up and down sand dunes on the northeast somewhere when you did it wasn't it uh south shields exactly sand dunes um we we went away uh fortunately it, it's something a couple of times we went off to norway i recall or it would be somewhere in north wales or would dennis smith would take us down to stoke and uh, Trentham Gardens had these two enormous hills, and you know he used to just stand at the bottom of 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 the hill and watch us with a big smile on his face running up the hills, and it was painful. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's great for the lads, and yeah, they they are they looked after much better, they recover much better, and um, they don't take any chances, and uh, hopefully they can, they can get them all at the start line, uh, fully fit. Yeah. And Nigel said a lot about getting minutes on the pitch, you know, 90 minutes, right? But they've not been in any of the friendlies up until Wednesdays against Cheltenham. They've not been as... Do you think they've been competitive enough to gear the players up for what they're going to face week in, week out? Well, let's say that we hope so. It's something that um, he's done... In, in the two or three pre-seasons previous, he's, he's, he's played games at the training ground. Um, they've had these double headers, which is something I've never seen before, where they actually play two games in one day and, and get everybody involved. Uh, Saturday will be a big test um, at, at Portsmouth. That'll be different. You know, there'll, there'll probably be a few more spectators inside the ground. They'll all be geared up for the start of their season. And... Um, Looking at the results, you could you could argue that um, the opposition hasn't been up to up to much at all. I mean, when you when you win in eights and sevens, yeah, it's great for to build confidence. And um, I have to say, the game that I did see against Oxford, that they played really really well, and and they deserved to get the goals. But uh, the proof of the, the the pudding, as I say, will be yeah. Uh, that test against Preston and, and the championship this season is, is yeah. so we'll find out. Listen, we're not we can't get to, to the game against Preston and look back and say, um, oh, we, we haven't done this or we haven't done that in pre-season. I think they're all they all know what they're doing. They, they have sports scientists, obviously, yeah. uh, you know, fitness coaches, conditioning coaches, even players coming back from injury, for example, now in the olden days, used to see them play a couple of reserve games. Now that they go from being injured for long periods and all of a sudden the they pop up straight back in the team. So totally different yeah. methods of, of getting no, fit. Totally okay. No, that's fine. So yeah, as you say, the proof of the pudding's in the eating and each manager's got their own way of doing it. Neil, let's talk about transfers in. We talk about who's left as well, but transfers in um four good signings, uh, the lads that came in on paper, they all add value. Night. Roberts, Dickey, we haven't really seen much of McCrory, but they're all players that are good additions to the squad, aren't they? Well, I think uh, the main thing, the way we finished off the season, really, we didn't particularly finish the season the last couple of months particularly strongly. Um, we definitely needed some defensive in-depth, the, yeah. the players that we were playing out position, you know, Green having to come in at centre-back, we missed him at left-back. Yeah. King did a fabulous job and he's a fabulous player to have around the club but him coming in sense about that's not ideal obviously the injury to Atkinson at Sunderland was a real kick in the teeth 
Um, so he, he's looked there. But what Nigel likes is a player that can play multitude of positions, doesn't he? That that seems to be the new footballer yeah. nowadays. You but you buy a player that can play about three different positions, and and then you cover. And yeah. some, and sometimes you think it would just be nice to have a, a specialist player. Yeah. Well, I know Gary. I, we've talked about this before, Gary. You know, in the sense of, you know, the old term used to be a utility player. Yeah. I mean, we, you, you, you said, you, you prefer specialists, don't you? Really? Yeah. It, I think if you bring them into the club, if you bring in specialists into the club, they should be improving. Um, your squad. I mean, I go back to when I played. I I was a little bit of a utility player. I, I could play midfield. I played full back early in uh, my career. I even played wide. So um, I understand that, that that is an important part of of the makeup of any squad. But um, yeah, you want. I think you do want to see specialists come in if you can if you can find them. Yeah. Have you got any views on the players? What you've seen of them? Uh, I watched McCrory in Scotland. Uh, I think he's he's been signed as a right back. I think he'd be he's really strong, really solid. The only thing that I, I look at that and think George Tanner improved no end, yeah, uh, for me last season, and and he's had a good pre season, and and that's and the lad Leeson's come into that position as well at right back. Yeah, and, and you look at the competition, and competition's great, but you can only play one player at a time at, at right back. So um, you know you, you don't want to to bring. If you're bringing players in, if you if you're signing, I always think that they should be playing, they should be starting. Possibly he won't because um, he's he's being injured. But um, interesting, Jason Knight was impressed with him last week. Energetic, um, got a goal, which is important. Be great to see him get. You know, if he can get five, six, seven, eight goals from midfield, they'll they'll add up to to points over the season, and and that's something that we probably. Uh, haven't had too much of in, in recent years. Hayden Roberts has been fantastic again, but the conundrum is Cam Pring, you know, who who will play two... I mean, Cam Pring will play higher up the pitch for me anyway. He could play in, in a wide left position and having them two on the left-hand side would, would give you fantastic um, defensive and attacking options. So that's interesting. And um, and Rob Dickey, I thought, yeah, looks, looks on paper. I've seen a lot of them over the years. Um, Reddy in Oxford. I think he might have. Did he go up the Lincoln? Maybe I've got my mind. That might be wrong, but um, looks looks pretty solid on paper. What about so, him playing? He seems as though because with Atkinson being out, Rob Dick is playing on the left, and it seems to be a bit of a. In fact, I remember. Uh, I think you said it in the commentary of the game that you were on that your body position when you're left sided, the right footed, but playing on the left. It's not natural. And I, I put something on the forum about it and I was shot down because they say, oh, but Dickie's doing really well. And I think he, he's shown yeah. that he can take the ball out Webster style. But, yeah, you know, he's... I, I never said he couldn't play there. I, 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 think, that's, I think that's factual. I yeah. think if you're right-footed and you play on the left side, you still want to play with your right foot. Yeah. You're trying to get the ball on your right foot. It doesn't mean that he can't play there. Um, I thought in the game, he got better as the game went on. Yeah. You know, early in the game, he probably had too much time, and when he got the ball, he was under no pressure, and it was it was tight in midfield, and you know he was just looking to to try and select the right pass later in the game. He hit some great diagonals. He did come out with the ball, so I never said he couldn't play there. I just think if you look at it uh, and you look at the players that we've signed and and Naismith's fit and available, I'm, I think that he he would be 
he's a natural left-sided centre half, and and he would be the one to play there. So um, yeah. that's how I would look at it. Yeah, you know, what do you think? injury what? problems. Naismith's yeah. injured. Rob Atkinson's injured. So that you know, well, he's out. Rob's out till October time at the earliest, really, isn't he? I think from that yeah. perspective. So it's and, and Roberts can play that left side as well, can't he? Really. So you know, I think he. Or is he? Yeah, do you see him as an out and out fullback? He's, he's not. I, I I don't see him as a centre. He's too adventurous. Right. You know, you can see him. He wants to get forward. Some of his crosses from the left hand side have been fantastic. He's he's an attacking. Left back, left sided player. Yeah, he does look. He does look a good. He does look a good player, doesn't he, Rob? What's your thoughts on the newbies that have come in? Well, I saw I saw him at first hand. I put on a forum the other day that um, I always wait until you can see a player live. So you, you went know, to Cheltenham. I yeah. went to Cheltenham the other day. Roberts is some player. He's good. technically very, very good. But I, I agree with Gary. I, I can't quite see him as a centre back. I know he started off as a centre back. And I know that, well, you've got Martinez, haven't you? And yeah. For Man United at five foot nine, but he just looks a bit small in that position. I mean, when Pring plays there, left back into centre back, Pring's six foot. Yeah. And and big and strong. I'll tell you who was good at Chatham, Aurore. I probably haven't said his name right, but he is a, he's he's a unit, isn't he? Great touch, though. What, left yeah. footed, left footed, great touch of the thing. And, and obviously playing there now, you, you'd look at it and Idahen's obviously gone now. You know he's not even in. They look to move him on. Yeah. I would imagine. As a but, you can see Rory being on the bench, and obviously one, one, one of the one of the covering, covering, I'm, I'm probably playing in the Oxford Cup game yeah. or something like that. Giving him giving him some time in it, but he he played alongside Zach Viner uh, in the centre there, and you know arguably he's an inch or two taller. Yeah, bigger build than than Zach, and arguably, you know, he's he's going to be there. What do you what do you think of Aroye? I, I pronounced that wrong as well, actually. But Arar Aroy No, listen, some of the, the young lads in preseason look look really really good. Um, it will be interesting the team selection for for the Oxford game. It's early in the season, but it's a game that you want to win. So maybe there is an opportunity for him to play in that. But um, yeah, they, I mean, these lads keep coming through, uh, getting opportunities. Look at Tommy Conway and Sam Bell now, really, really established members of of the squad. And um, let's hope that a few more can come through and and establish themselves, and they don't just get in for one or two games, and then we don't see them again. Yeah, and that's what used to happen in the past a lot, wasn't it? You'd see them. I remember there was a lad. Was it Fraser? Oh, Freddie Hines, remember when we had that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he featured in a couple of games, and then but he went he went off on loan to a, a number of different clubs, yeah. and for various reasons, I'm sure it just didn't really over. didn't really work out on those loans. So yeah, it's it's tough when it. I remember even scoring against Watford in the club, yeah cracking goal, cracking goal out there. Yeah. Um, G- Gary, what do you think of the Thomas Callas situation? I mean, Nigel talks about players being on the bus, and last season. You know, Hanoa clearly not on the bus, frozen right out. Thomas Callas, we've heard nothing from the club. In fact, the club, never mind on the playing side, there's a lot of communication that, that the club seems to need to do in the eyes of some of the fans, if you read the forums. But Thomas Callas, you know, he's not training. I think he's paid up until Monday because his contract ran out in June, but I think because of severance, he's paid up till Monday. 
his agent's not exactly helping him because you'd have thought he'd known he was leaving us. You'd have thought with his record, he'd have got fixed up by now, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. Uh, if I'm totally honest, the fact that he hasn't signed and everything has gone quiet would suggest to me that uh, you might see that he's signed for someone else in the next couple of days. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think, I mean, Nigel's not the type of guy just to to run with things you, you've said yourself. If he, if, he, if he smells something's not right, he doesn't me mess about, he, he deals with the situation. So... I'd love to see him back. I, I think he'd be a great asset, but um, at this stage, I can't say that I see it. No, as you say, it would be good to have him back, but if he's been training privately, which he says, if oh, he, he suddenly said, I mean, we don't, none of us know whether that offer that was made to him is still on the table. I'd be very surprised if it is. And it's, I think just, the strange thing for me with Thomas Callas is that he hasn't been training with a club. Yeah. I, I realise that there's contractual stuff and you get paid a month after the terminate, the month right. after your contract ends, you still get a month. So if he signs with a club for whatever, on half, Tuesday half, morning, half, on the 1st of August, half of what his wage, he would have to forego half of his wage. So financially, it hasn't made sense for him to sign until the end of the month if he's going to be dealing with a lot. In all honesty, the, the figures, I mean, we're talking about a, a wealthy bloke here. So for the sake of a month's salary, I don't think that's I don't think that's the issue. What's strange, Gary, is that he's not been training with a club. Yeah, that he's up until June he wasn't allowed, and then yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, he has had a a month in. Because as you say, if he comes, if he did come back on those reduced terms, we're almost like, well, I haven't got anything else. I'll come back to you. But then you've not been training, so it's going to take him another month to get. Fully fit anyway, wouldn't it? You know, so it'd be yeah, nice parity from the club by now, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it's just a, it's a mystery. But then uh, Thomas went off for quite a while injured, and and that was a bit of a mystery as well. So um, listen, what I'd, I'd like I said, I'd love to see him in a city shirt next year. I, I would really love it. I think he's a great player, uh, aggressive. Defender. Bit Thomas Callas would be an asset to that side. Yeah, yeah. Where any show would I think. You know, but there'll be people interested, no doubt about it, I'm sure. Yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, he plays left centre-back for Czech Republic. You know, when he's right-footed, but he has that talent to play left centre-back, yeah. you know, that Gary and you were talking about. about you know, if, you, if you've got the ability to, you know, turn anybody, play whichever way you yeah. play, that's what he does for the Czech Republic. Yeah. He excels in that, and he was obviously at the World Cup yeah. with her. Yeah. yeah. Are you uh, surprised Hanoa hasn't got fixed up yet? Although, did I read somewhere this morning that Stoke City have been linked with him or something? Did I read that? I mean, Hanoa, he's been linked with Burnley. He's been linked with Leeds. I, th I think the thing with Hanoa is it, things might have changed, but it used to be his father that was his agent. Right. And there was a lot of things that used to be in the press, weren't there, about him. You know, he was he was widely circulated. And I think there is a little bit of keeping his name out there, keeping his name out there, keeping his name out there. But you think actually, if these offers were tangible, tangible that he would have got himself a club by now. I think there is a little bit of uh, advertising their clients at the end of the day, or his son, or whatever. Yeah. Which way you're doing it? Because there was all this stuff during the season that we turned down all these offers from last year. I can't see that. You know, no. going into last year contract, no. he's not signing it. If we get an offer for him. 
He's going to go. He's going to go. He'd have got an offer by now. A little bit like Callas's agent knew from January that, that was the offer from the club. Mm. Right? We gave him a few minutes. Why hasn't he joined the club abroad? But I think Gary's right. I think come first of August, when all the gloves are off, I, I think I'm inclined to agree with you. I think he's going to snook, snook up somewhere as long as it's not as long as it's not Coventry City because that's looking like Bristol City old boys at the moment with the uh, Casey Palmer, Jada Silva, and uh, was there somebody else up there as well? I think I don't know. Yeah, um, that's Eddie Vivash though, and he had them all at Chelsea. Yeah, of course he's manager, and he had Thomas as well at Chelsea, so he'll know all about them. Oh, and they got a, they got a little bit of cash as well, commentary because they yeah. sold uh, Gokeres. Talking about cash, Gary, um, Alex Scott, he's still here. <laughs> incredible! I mean, incredible. I seen his highlights against. Um, who was the first game against? Was it Newport last week? Yeah, he, he looked incredible. He looks physically fit. He looked stronger than ever. Yeah. Quick, dynamic. Um, again, I think it's it's the asking price that maybe he's obviously putting clubs off. I'm, I'm sure there's lots of interest. I thought he would have been gone, and it'd be brilliant if again if he runs out with Ashton Gate next week. I'd be absolutely fantastic. But I just cannot, I cannot see him being here at the end of the window. You think he'll be gone by the I, first? I, I just, I, I do. I, I don't want him to go. I'm just looking at him now, and it look like I say, last, you know, it's, it's Newport, whatever. But um, he looked, he looked in really good shape. I, I, have I, I have to say that I've seen a few snippets of him in the friendlies, and I know the opposition's not all that, but he has shown some good, some good touches. And I'll be honest, I hold my hand up and say I've, I've been one who's been saying. It's a little bit of style over substance, but actually, some of the stuff he did in the friendlies, yeah, it, you could tell he was a class above. I just like if he's going to play for us, I'd like to see him, you know, between now and the end of August, you know, maybe get maybe one goal and four assists or something like that, and we might get that value. I mean, are you surprised it's still here, Neil? I'm surprised that we're arguing the semantics a little bit over what seems we seem about 80, 90% of the way there with a lot of clubs. We're obviously holding out for a figure that's been quoted, whether there's any truth in that figure or not. But, you know, we seem to be very, very close. And yet, so I think it's not necessarily perhaps the money, it's the way these deals are structured. I think we're holding out on, we want X amount up front. We yeah. want this, we want that all of these type of things, rather than an actual figure as such. Because if you were a premiership club and for argument's sake, you, you bid 22 million and you said, well, no, it's got to be 25. Yeah. You're arguing about... I think, you're, you're, buying, there. I think and, you're buying your nose off to spite your face in that respect. And, if, and if, you're, if you're looking at him and thinking, he's a player that would buy at 25, if he excels, which he's got more than enough opportunity and ability to excel, you're looking at a top six and you only have to look at Casido or yeah. at Brighton, that they're turning down stupid figures and obviously yeah. Brighton figures. And you're looking at, you're, you're investing in a potential and a potential asset that's going to increase in value. And so many of these players that they get from overseas that they pay 20, 30 million for. And they go for nothing. And this is where Wolves have been. Yeah, yeah. You look at the players they bought in for more money than what we're talking about for Scott. And all of them yeah. are thinking you're not going to make any return on that. You know, you paid up yeah. to top dollar. Whereas 
in Scott, you are talking about somebody who you could really see excelling and being. Yeah. Do, and do you think they're being, if somebody had come along and said, you know, we, well, we've said we want 25 million quid, that's it, but and, and add ons. But if somebody came along and said 22 million, you'd say, mm, okay, well, instead of wanting, say, 15% sell on, We'll have a twenty percent. We'll have a twenty-five percent sell-on. We'll give you because any negotiation is give and take, and twenty-five percent of the difference between twenty-two million, if you went to Wolves for twenty-two, and in two years' time, going as Neil said to a top six club for forty million, you know, twenty percent of uh, what's that? Twenty-two, eighteen, fifth. It's another four million quid. You've got your money, but you've had it in through the back door. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's. <laughs> Certainly, sell. I don't think that you'll be thinking about what happens next to them once they've sold them another club. Uh, I look at what did they get for like Kelly 15 70 million pounds, 13 and, and a half. I think it was. For I think it, it might have gone up to 17. So, that uh, Alex Scott's price is justifiably way above that. Like Kelly was a young man who barely played, yeah, in the first team. Alex Scott's got all this uh, first team experience now, plus international. Recognition. Um, he's on that pathway with, with the England team as well, so I think they'll be looking for cash up front as much as it can get, and then it'll be sort of additional money based on how successful he is at the club that he goes to. Yeah, games he plays. Does he get an England cap? Do they qualify for Europe? Do they win a cup? Yeah, and not necessarily. City having to wait two, three, four years. Worst case scenario, he could move on and, and not play. He, his development could stall. So, you, you know, you, you, you've got something. You've got a, a big asset now. Then go and cash in if you want to cash in and get as much as you can up front now. Yeah. Um, his contract isn't up until summer 2025. But if you're his agent, yeah, this time next year, he's only got one year left to run. Now, if he's got one year left to run, his value could drop would it be fair for the club and it's his agent you know they, they only think about themselves really i i guess but he could sign a one-year extension for us with a 25 million buyout clause just to give us that little bit extra protection from this time next year if it's a 25 million pound buyout clause and that's what they want now then you're not really getting protection. In Alex Scott's position, in, in all fairness to City, I'm sure they've offered him a contract. I don't think they can offer him anywhere near enough for him to to make it worthwhile. You know, he, he can sit. It's, if it's cat and mouse, you don't want it to come to that. He can sit for a year, being advised full well, like you've quite rightly pointed out, that, hey, you know, you're out of here in a year's time that they've got to think about taking some money for you. Otherwise, they're not getting not getting anything yeah. like what you're worth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I think I think it'll it'll work itself out. You know, he could if he has a couple of good games um, early part of the season that that could make somebody's mind up. Somebody somebody's mind up before the end of August. That's what happened with uh, Jonathan Codger, wasn't it? Because we started that. 2016-17 season with Kodja and Tammy Abraham. I think they probably knew Kodja was going to go, but Kodja went. Not in the way that he did there, was it? Refusing to be on the suspension. Oh, right, yeah. No, you're right. He definitely down tools a little bit, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. I, I think, 
I've seen Rob Newman down there a lot, and I'm sure he's watching Alex Scott. And with West Ham getting all that money for Declan Rice, I've just got a little hunch that they've got a little bit of money that they might just fancy investing in Alex Scott. Yeah, and because they got twenty million quid more for Declan Rice than the first bid was, so that and you know spend that and another five million and Scott and I think that would be a good club for him to go to West Ham, don't you? Really? Yeah, in that stadium, yeah, good fans. Uh, I think they'll do a lot better um, than they did in the league last season. But I mean, you can't knock them. They won a European competition no. at the end of the year. Okay, so. let's look at what the side looks like, and as certain people would say. It's not about 11, it's about a match day 18. And what is it? We're allowed to have nine subs and use five of them now, isn't it? So if we can sit here and pontificate about uh, the starting lineup, whatever we come up with, you know, it's so fluid with five subs that you can change half of it. But um, if we look at the team against Preston, well, let's look at the team tomorrow against um, Pompey. And most people listening to this, the Pompey game will be out the way. If you're Nigel, do you play your best eleven against Pompey in that last friendly? It is so hard because the players will be sat there, and unless he's told them behind closed doors, um, they will have uh, the feeling that the team that he selects could possibly be the team that he starts with against Preston. But I, I see. The, this is where managers are managers and, and, and good mad managers where he might not show his hand but at different stages of the game he will play all the units um, that will make up the team next Saturday so what I'm saying is he might start with a back four and the midfielders and forwards in front of them won't be what's going to play against Preston but maybe in the second half you'll see a midfield and the forwards playing together. And then next week, you'll sort of put them all together. So maybe I'm just trying to be too clever, but I just <laughs> think it's hard for a manager to to like name a team at Portsmouth and the players that aren't um, selected. If you're the Preston manager, are you going to send a scout down there to watch that game? Yeah, they don't send scouts anywhere now. Well, no, you'd watch it on TV, wouldn't you? You'd watch like, it on like, like, TV. Scouts, yeah, like I'm going to do. Robins <laughs> TV, you... you I mean, the, yeah, the, the whale. I mean, the whale. The, the, they're all if they're organised, they'll, they'll just send scouts anywhere just to get. Even if it's not the team, they might get the, the starting formation, which probably wouldn't change from one week to the next. So, uh, yeah, a little bit cloak and dagger, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Be, you're, are you doing? You're not doing that game tomorrow. No, no, I'm. I'm. I'm like, I was when I was. I don't like. Pre-season, you know, even pre-season friendlies sitting watching them, they just, they just, there's nothing on them. It's like if I watch a film, and I don't do it very often. If I watch a film, I'm going to watch something that's a true story, and not something that's made up. I, I like stuff that's that's real. Do you like the film Titanic then? Because you knew what was going to happen there. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there, aren't you? What are you trying to say? <laughs> no, we knew it was going to crash and sink. Oh, yeah, I knew it was going to happen. I still watched it though. But no, what I'm saying is, I like. Oh dear. Um, it's, it's I, I like thought you were Cheltenham making game. reference to City season there. I hope yeah, not. Yeah, no, 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 no. We not going. Well, we're, we're talking about the opening few games. Sorry, what were you saying? Cheltenham game. 
the players, you know, the majority of the players did do 90 minutes in the Cheltenham game. They only had three, well, they had Baje, Slowey, the centre-back, Cadge and uh, Marley Francois. So the young thing, and they were, it was about getting minutes in the team. But the intensity wasn't there, like Gary was saying, with, with regards to it. You know, we, we slacked off for, we were better first half in a lot of ways than second half. And, you know, the pace. And then when they got their, their penalty, the, the equaliser, um, you know, the intensity went up again and it was almost like, right. And that is pre-season a little bit. You're not, there's not consistency across 90 mm. minutes. There is these lulls and patterns and all the rest of it in it. And it's not always the most enjoyable games. I mean, if you go there, the farewell, you know, if, if people turn up and they see an a nil. For me, that doesn't actually assist anything at all in team preparation because you're thinking, what what is an eight nil? I mean, if you're a Bristol Rovers fan, you instantly quote that that's promotion on the way on the basis of the fact that we're in eight nil. I would say eight nil is like well, well you haven't been tested. Yeah, the level of opposition. well, it's interesting. There's a certain other team. There's a certain other team which we won't mention their name, but they play FC Braga, uh, who were Champions League third in the Portuguese league. They lost 3-2, mm. right? But they probably wanted to raise their game because they were better opposition. I think they beat Swansea the other night as well. They beat Swansea 2-0 on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, a strong, and a strong Swansea. I mean, to be fair... So they are. They, to be yeah. fair to Bristol Rovers. You know? oh. Well, I'm sorry, but to be fair to Rovers, a lot of my friends are Rovers season yeah. to Golders. And to be fair to them, Jerry Barton, he, he's exceptionally good about getting a unit together and getting a team bonding together. And, you know, I'm not quite sure I agree with the Peterborough chairman where he's saying they're, they're you know, possible playoff team. But well, Peterborough? Rovers. Oh, Christ. Yeah, well, that's what Jack McAntony is saying. What do you think? What do you think, Gary? Well, my, my friend, a friend of mine, is actually, he, he does their pre-season training camp he rang me up last season. He says, um, I've got to tell you this. He says, Rovers are, are playing a game behind closed doors and it's top secret. I says, oh, go on, tell us who it is. He went, it's Porto. I went, what, Porto Vale? He went, no. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they did. They played, played Porto last year. But, yeah, fair play to them. They, I mean, they get some good games. And, uh, Neil, you've mentioned them far too many times there. Let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Right, let's talk about the team. And I guess... Look, Scott's. You, you think Scott will go by the end of August? But if if um, we did get some money for him, uh, the first position. Let's look at the starting lineup. I mean, Max. He's got no competition, really. Max O'Leary has he? No. So Max will play. So Max is in. Yeah. Right. Max is in. If we talk about formations, yeah, it's it's going to be a back four. What's the back to start? Yeah. What's your first choice back four? I think George will play because uh, I don't think Ross McCrory's is is going to make it, or he hasn't played enough minutes yeah. yet. Um, very hard to leave Zach out, um, and I'd be surprised if he if he didn't play. Uh, and then I think Rob Did Dick he? will play left side because Nate Smith's obviously struggling with injury. And then I mean the big one, the big one. Would be um, left back Campring or Hayden Roberts. Uh, 
and I'd I'd go for campering. And the only other the only other thing in my mind that that might would be a big shock if you left Zach out and then it'd be George Tanner and then he'd play Rob Dickey on the right, campering left side and Hayden Roberts left yeah. Interesting. It was interesting. I listened to Curtis Fleming's interview, I think it was after the Cheltenham game, and he said on Broadly Please, there's one or two that aren't quite where we want them to be. That was just a snippet. Did you did you hear yeah, that? Yeah, I did I did see that. Yeah, I'd 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 agree with that. Though. But who would be that weren't well, like, I'd, I'd, in your opinion? Mametti. All right, well, we come on, let's come on to the football. But, I mean that's quite a a bold statement. If... I, th- I think Zach's in a difficult place at the moment with regards to the club because we're obviously bringing in centre backs. We're bringing in players that can play in a centre back position, and he's he's had this contract offer, and then, you know he's turned down the contract offer. So, you, so he can walk next summer, can't he? He can walk next summer, and and do we go back? It's a question of how much do we value Zach Viner? Do we value him enough to actually give him? better terms you know it's entirely a matter for him he's in his prime now you give him a three-year contract now and that is his prime year so you know if he feels and his agent feels who knows what the contract offer is but if they feel that that isn't enough then fair enough I don't have a problem with that because you know he was he was out the door last summer wasn't he? Oh nobody would have have batted an eyelid and he, he was he had a for him, he had his best season. He did last year. No, there's no doubt. So that's an interesting one uh, that you said there, Gary. I, unlikely, I think, but we're going. I think all three of us are going with uh, with Tanner, Viner, Dickey, and Pring. And yeah. I think when when um, um, what's his name, uh, Rob Atkinson, get fit, it makes that two central defenders. That's when Zach maybe has got to be worried because then Dickie can play on that right side. I think, I think with Naismith and McCrory, both sort of, you know, in that sort of area, they're injured and Rob's. So you're talking about three players there that could be starters. Could, could be starters, start centre-back coverings or whatever, and they're all injured at various yeah. levels of injury. So I think Zach is in a yeah. basis, but he could quite easily become third, fourth choice. Yeah, no, he very could. soon and out of contract in the summer. Yeah, and then you're in well, he gets treated position. like Hanoa then, doesn't he? Because he's not on the I, he's I, not on the sign a contract. I think there's a bit more respect for, for Zach. I think, uh, I think but sign a contract then. Yeah, yeah it's all yeah, sign a contract, but you've you've got sometimes you have to make sure you get paid what you think you're worth. Of you course, sign yeah. it because there's a contract there. It's you know he's a local lad. He might be looking for some security. I would probably guess that he doesn't want to move on, but it, it's then it comes down to what the club think Zach's worth and what Zach thinks he's worth. Yeah. Okay. If we look at the middle, because again, people say, is it if it's definitely a back four because we've moved away from the five and everything now? It's a four-two-one-three or a four-one-three, whatever. I mean, if you have to look at players. As I see it, definite starters in midfield because he's here. Scott, because we paid money for him, and he's a I'll call him our marquee well, not marquee signing, but Knight. A Scott Knight James midfield. Is that would that be what starts up at um, Preston, in your view? Starting midfield. Um Again, the only variations is is it four two three one with two sort of more holding midfielders? 
is it four three three with one sort of sitting and two more advanced midfielders? Matty James will play, Alex Scott will play, and then it's just it's it comes down to the front combination. So what I'm trying to say is he could play Wells as a centre forward and 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 shovel Tommy Conway in, not shovel in, fit him in ahead of the two midfielders to give him really good attacking options. Or he yeah. might just go for three midfield players. Um, two of them will be Alex Scott and Matty James. And then take your pick. The other one, Jason Knight. And, and no one's even mentioned Joe Williams. So No. Yeah, because that's... Well, he played, he played Knight, Williams and James at Chelmsford. Really. And I don't know about that combination. Knight, Williams and James. Yeah. I t- the one thing we had an issue with last year was... Goal score from midfield. Well, it was, Lack of. it was productivity in the centre of midfield. Yeah, with, you know, James arguably was one of our players of the season for the second half of the season. Yeah. And he does so much of the, you know, less glamorous work, closing down the channels and everything like that. So James is there straight off. And then Scott... We play Scott behind the top guys, yeah, behind the forwards. But actually, if you look at England, they almost play him in a in a deeper role, yeah, um, almost like a Matty James type yeah. role, quarterback type type role. That's where they play Scott. So we're playing Scott somewhere a little bit different. Knight is a small, dynamic player in the middle, almost a bit like a Gary Shelton type thing, or even like Gary actually back in the day. You know, when he used to be there. Buzzing around, you had someone like Martin Cool sitting behind you. He didn't really do that much running, but do you know what I mean? You, you're allowed now. If if you have Matty James there and you played Knight and Scott in the middle, one you one could, of those two has to drop back. One of those two has to drop back, and they're both quite forward players. Watching Knight play, he's a busy player and he likes to get forward. Likes to get forward. You can quite easily see Matty James there just being the one guy <laughs> and there yeah. and everyone's rushing forward and then rushing back that's that that that's, that i mean that defensive midfield and he's not going to play against preston unlikely mccrory can play midfield as well they can't be gary yeah i've looked at his stuff i see him as a right back i, I think he's been bought as a right back Fair that, enough. that's all i can see Okay, I th- it's I difficult. Think, I, think the, I think the thing with McCrory, one of the things I think we struggled with last year potentially was height and physicality at the back. Yeah. Bringing in a six foot two, six foot three right, right back who is defensively solid, plus gets forward, plus gets a few goals. I, I, That's I why agree. I think McCrory is like that. All right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it is difficult, you know, because it, it, as you say, Scott has to start because yeah, it's Scott. And Scott is the only one that, from a standing start, actually breaks past the line. Yeah. In our midfields, I have to say. I mean, could you play? Could you play? And you talk about three up front. Could you play Scott, James, um, Scott, James, and Williams, which gives you a little bit more, and then have Knight playing just behind the front? Well, then it becomes a front two, then, doesn't it? It becomes a front two. No, if you've got three midfielders, you're going to have. They'll play four three three. They'll have the two wide attacking players and a, and a central striker. It's just is it is it like uh, number ten two holding midfielders or just three three out yeah. and out midfielders? Mm. I mean, is Tommy Conway a definite starter for you if he's fit all day long? So he's, he's there. Fit. So he's got 
he's got one of those striking roles without without shadow of a doubt. Now, I, I yeah. expect him to play for Scotland this year, Tommy. You get full cap, you reckon? Yeah, I think exactly. he will. Yeah, that's really, and he's likely to be the next big money player going out of this club if he gets fifteen goals this season. No doubt about it. Yeah, and obviously, if Alex Scott goes because they've been rooming together, he's going to say, "I want what Alex is getting," and on he goes, type of thing. So if Conway's there in the middle of that three, I mean, for me, Sam Bell's ahead of Mametti when it comes to playing in that wide left role. Would you agree he'll with play, that? You'll play Sam Bell. I think you play right. Conway, Bell and Sykes. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, based, based on the one thing Sykes does well, one thing we do well is we get to that byline on the left and we hit it hard and low across yeah. there. And that's what... A lot of managers nowadays that want to get to the bottom, what, what those balls across the, the six-yard box and sites. One of the things he does very, very well, just sprinting in from the right-hand side. How many tappings did he get? Yeah, he, he did. Last yeah. year, coming in on that right, and he just gives you that differential. And actually, yeah, his crossing's not great. Yeah. You know, it's not great from that side, but he does have an ability to go past players there as well, actually. So sites for me on the right. I yeah, think it gives you a balance. No, and he's a full Irish international as well. Yeah. No, it's interesting. I mean, interesting you said as well, uh, Gary, that right, Frink could play four in front of Roberts, yeah? And then that adds something else, doesn't it, really? Yeah. But he takes... Maybe away from home, more likely. I just think you, you've got to have goals in your side. Sykes got... What did he get? He got six or eight. seven... Yeah, yeah seven or eight, good man. return, really. Tommy will score. Sam Bell will score. I've been watching, you know, they've all scored pre-season. The amount of goals that have been scored pre-season from, from crosses, from the byline, like Neil says, is yeah. ridiculous. So, yeah. uh, And I think Nigel likes Sam Bell because he has got rapid raw pace. And I think he really improved as the season went on. And and I think he'll... Yeah. Uh, I think things have bulked up. I, I, during the pre-season, it was him and Rob Atkinson in the gym, wasn't it? He, he's obviously been on a, some sort of individual programme, Sam Bell, this is, just to sort of bulk him up. Looking at him now, he looks like he's been putting a bit more muscle on, a bit more robust. And there's always that balance of, you know, putting on the muscle, does that take away some of the raw pace? But from what we've seen on it so far, it hasn't. He's been able to cope with, you know, you look at Scott a couple of years ago and Tommy Conway, yeah. all three of them, you know, from 18 months ago Street to where they are now. Yeah. Physically, they're completely different yeah. investments now, aren't they? Yeah, no, they are. So, and again, with nine on the bench, that's what's allowed now, isn't it? <laughs> no, nobody's going to feel left out, really, are they, Gary? No, but even, if you don't make the nine, you make the nine you'll feel left out. If you're 20th, if you're 20th man, you'll feel left out. Yeah, I wonder who the 20th man is, though, because, you know, with, with what we've picked today, you know, Andy King will be on the bench, won't he? Yeah. Naki Wells will be on the bench. Um, Williams will be on the bench. That's three. Metti four. Cornick, five. Uh, Andy Vyman, six. The guy that we're struggling to pronounce. I can't, but do you know what? I've, you've just talked about, I can't believe I picked the team without Vyman in, and, and I don't think I ever would. No, and no. That's, that's really, really interesting. That because I'd have him in my team all day well, long. Would you? Would you? Would you pick him? Would he take the Sykes role then in what that lineup we've had there? I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I think I'd prefer him coming from deep 
because he gets in third man run. Um, you know, I, I I might start thinking about uh, James Scott and Vyman midfield. Mm. Well, I think I think the um, the issue we've got, or one of the issues that we've got, is we are very good at what we are very good at breaking and breaking quickly. You know, on a counter attack, we were third or fourth rated in the in the championship. Problem we've got is when teams sit deep against us. Now we've spoken out before. Last eight, um, last eight away games of last season, we failed to score in the six of them. You know, we had the two wins, uh, QPR and somewhere else. Was. Was but ultimately, those other games, you know, teams sat deep against us, didn't afford the space in behind us, yeah. uh, in behind them, or they got the early goal like at Luton yeah. or at Watford or at Swansea or whatever, and then we're chasing the game and then we concede again later on. We're not so with Feynman, you do get the running and the breaking of the line. Yeah. So I can see where Gary's coming from with it. I just wonder how much a part Vyman is going to play this year because he's out of contract. Even another one that can walk next time. Williams are out of contract at the end of next year. Yeah. And what is he, 32 now? 33 next birthday, I think. 32 in June, wasn't he, or something like that. So that type of explosive player like he is, 32, he had that fantastic season. And he's always, he's been a great player for us. He's been a great, great player for us. But I do wonder how much he's going to actually play next year. If you played him, uh, Gary, that's leaving out night, really, isn't it, then, from that perspective, which is unlikely. Well, he's he's a new addition, so I, I wouldn't sort of say it's high. It's, it wouldn't shock us if they did leave him out and, you know, he's introduced gradually. Yeah. Again, yeah. I mean, the good thing is we're, we're trying to pick a team. Nigel's got to pick that team with his coaching staff. He's got so many good options. And you that's the key thing, Gary, isn't it? It's a stronger squad. Yeah. yeah. And players with the right attitude. I mean, I look at it, you're a lot closer than we are, but you don't see any bad eggs there or people sort of curmudgeon. You know, there's, he, he's got a good dressing room there, I would say, wouldn't you? I, I don't think he's not the type of person. He, he'd sniff them a mile off, I think, if there have been any, then they've, they've been moved on. And I'm not saying that there has been, but um, I think that the dressing room's pretty solid, yeah. Yeah. So, it's Nigel's big season. He's out of contract in the summer. Um, what... You know, we're 13, I think we finished with 59 points last season. 73 guarantees the playoffs. 69 did it last year. Are we capable, Gary, of getting into that top six? Uh, Capable, yes. Uh, Got a talented squad. If you can keep them all together, which is which is going to be key. So let's see where we are at the end of August when the window closes. It is brutal this season. I mean, look at the teams that you've got to try and finish above. Leicester, Leeds, Southampton. Um, the teams that missed out in the playoffs, you know, Middlesbrough, Coventry. Teams that have got uh, parachute money that didn't do so well, that might do a little bit better this year. Norwich, West Brom, Blackburn, you know, I'll probably miss someone. The list goes oh, Sunderland. on. What, what, Sunderland. Sunderland. What, of course. Um, it is 
so competitive. And and that the only good thing about that is that you said 69 got in last year. That that might leave the door open for someone to get in on a, on quite a low number. So it's just about being consistent. Everybody starts on on zero zero yeah. points, obviously. So and City have got good games early on. They've, they've got every opportunity, I think, to get off to a good start. Yeah. Um. So oh, we'll look at we'll look at those games in a moment because like this period up to the first international break, it's it's telling. There's five games and potentially two cup games, so a lot can be sorted out there. Um, you're, uh, interesting, Gary. I saw your old club Sunderland. They signed Bradley Dack. That was an interesting one, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, obviously Tony Adam at Blackburn, so he knows all about him. He was on on a free, and uh, uh, he's just someone. If if I wouldn't think he's on enormous wages, Sunderland have, have really worked hard to cut the wage bill. He's he's a match winner, isn't he? He's someone you can have in the building who can go on for twenty or. 25 minutes and, and win a game by himself. So it's it's not it's not a bad sign, I would say, for Sunderland. I think he could quite, you know, if he if he gets that crowd um on board and, and plays with a bit of confidence, he, he could do really well there. They gotta be right up there, Sunderland. What what do you think? What do you think, Neil? Playoffs, you know, that's it's always gonna it's always the objective. And I look at other clubs, I look at business that other clubs have done. Commentary seems to have been a bit stupid. That's because they've been spending the Gockeres money. Mm. Watford fans, they seem to have gotten rid of loads of players, you know. And you look at the activity amongst the clubs, and I think off the field, never mind all the shambles with digital ticketing and meet the player days that we read about on the forum, but I think off the field, we're in a much more stable position than a lot of clubs in that division. You know, I know West Brom still got they've still got parachute payments, but you just read around and there's a lot of unhappy fans out there. And you know, it's up to us to, you know, is this is could this well, be there, there, there's always there's always realistically one promotion place, isn't there? Yeah. Between non parachute payment teams historically for the last I don't know how many yeah. years, yeah, yeah. ten years. Two of the three are either teams on their second, third year of parachute yeah. or yeah. teams that have come down. So you've got a lot of teams, you know, sometimes 12 teams trying to compete for one yeah. promotion. What was refreshing last season was seeing teams like Luton, Coventry, you Sunderland, know, Middlesbrough, Sunderland, you know, there were teams there that weren't. You know, yeah, and didn't have the parachute payments. So, if you're asking, can it be done? Of course, it can be done, yeah. but a lot of it will depend on the start of the season. Well, and they're going to come into those games. We've forgotten Ipswich Town as well because Ipswich have got the momentum to do a Sunderland, yeah. haven't they? Really? I feel Wednesday, Plymouth are signing players for millions of pounds now. They're, they're are they start? Are they starting signing players now, Sheffield Wednesday? Have they? Yeah, yeah. I just think that you know, I'm not saying they're going to get in. Um, the playoff positions, it might, but the size of the club and, and they have got some talented yeah. players anyway, they're just going to make a division stronger. So, I mean, there's never any easy games, but it's just fiercely competitive next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing about the championship for me in the last few seasons is absolute fine margins. Even last year, that I City what, won 15 games last yeah. year. I think there could only have been about one or two of those games, perhaps a QPR and a couple of others. Where we won it by more than one goal. Yeah. And there were so many games where it was sort of 1 1. We drew quite a lot yeah. of games last year compared to previous seasons yeah. as well. 
and it's just a fine margin. Well, it is. And you take, that takes, you, I mean, look, we, we were saying, you were saying, Gary, about Cal Mason, if he's fit, He's good, you know. I think Ian, we all know Ian. Ian says Cal Naismith in midfield is less of a liability than Cal Naismith at the back. And if you take the matches at home to Sunderland on the opening day where Cal cocked up there, and you take the Norwich City game away where we did really well in that game, that was six points gone just through one player's individual errors. Yeah. So it is, it is fine margins. Let's look at these opening, this opening sequence. I mean, there's five league games and then potentially two cup games. And to get to that 73, we need 1.6 points a game. So that opening salvo, that's eight points. And it goes Preston home, Millwall away, Birmingham home, Hull away, Swansea away. we got to pick eight points out of that to have a, a decent start. Yeah, Now that could be Two wins, well, two, eight points is two wins, two draws, one defeat. The thing about um, all of those names, names, points. Gary, you two wins, two draws, one. Sorry, you're right. Two, yeah, sorry. We got to win two. I could, I could see us winning two of the opening five to give us six points. Yeah, um, and that has to be a win on the opening day of the season. Preston, Birmingham, and Holloway. And what's that? Three wins? Three wins. And that would be a great start, wouldn't it? Take it, yeah. <laughs> no, I think they can, they can win the games. Uh, they always win an away game because of how they play. I always fancy them. Whenever yeah. they go away, I always think they can win away from home because of the style of play. Yeah. And um, I think they'll beat Preston because it's a great opportunity, first game of the season. And I think they'll beat Birmingham. There you go. I mean that that for me, the Preston game, you go into that, it's not a must win because that's an awful concept to have a 46 game wheeze. But you, you put down a marker, don't you, first game of the season. Yeah. I would say Preston at home, you go out, you get I have no idea booming this year. Because they've had a bit of belly and money. And they're just they're just a bizarre club at the best yeah. of times. So you're never entirely sure which Birmingham are gonna actually play. Millwall away is always going to be tough, but we did well there last year. Hull away, we got robbed at the start of the season last yeah. year, didn't we? That dodgy penalty. And Swansea away. Swansea away. Russell Martin had a very, very particular way of presenting the base, and he's gone. Mickey Duff's... Duff, yeah, is Mickey Duff. Michael Duff's gone in from Barnsley. And they, they we were home to the team that we can't mention the other day. And that results. I mean, look, the thing is, if we beat Preston, if, if, if we... If we lost it over to Preston, we do not want to be going to Millwall next game needing a result. Right. Otherwise, it's going to be... Look, we know what the fans are like. We're like it on this podcast, you know, like, oh, we lurch from crisis to bloody crisis. Yeah, but, you know, if we lose at Portsmouth in that friendly, everybody's going to be... Like that, you know, so I... Look, I... This is season 57 for me, right? <laughs> season 57, Right. I love it, as Kevin Keane once said. I'd love it if we got to the playoffs. I'd love to win at Wembley in the playoff final because I think that's, you know, we're never going to win the playoffs by you'd like 10 points. You'd like us to do something that we've never done in our I would love that to happen and just to have one season. Yeah, Hull have had it twice, Cardiff have had it, three, Swansea have had it. 
you know, it's 46, 43 bloody years since we were last there. I'm 67, right? You know, I mean, hopefully I'm going to be around for another well, there, there 25 are, years. There, there are some bizarre statistics when it comes to Bristol Road, uh, Bristol City now. It's Bristol, got Rovers on my own. Bristol Rovers as well. You know, 22 years since we played them in the league. Yeah. So that is a frightening statistic. Yeah. yeah. But the other thing is, you know, the amount of 40, what is it, 42 years now? Yeah. 43. 43. 43 years since we were in the top flight. Yeah. Well, when we came that, out, that is, no, we have the record when we got promoted in 76, the longest period out of the top flight of any club that never played in the top flight. Because we were in it in 1911. So it took us 65 years to get back. So there we go. Look, if it took us another 65 years, 20, what are we know, 23, 43, 22, I'd be bloody 89. Well, hopefully I'll still be here. My mum would live that long. But it, yeah. it, it, would be, it would be a very different club if we were to ever get there. You only have to look at Luton now. Yeah. And the fact that basically their, their new stadium is paid for or getting up there. And then what they've done is they've gone out and they've actually bought a lot of decent players for championship, haven't they? Yeah. They've kind of covered themselves. And they've, well, they've got they've themselves got, for when they come they've, back. They've improved their yeah. squad and they've got a stadium paid for. And it completely changes. Our turnover last year, 26 million. It's 180 million to get. I mean, the figures are just astounding, aren't they? And it would change the complete dynamic of the club. I know. But my personal feeling is I'd just like us to be top half. Yeah. Top half, and then you can... I think if we finished 10th, and I've looked at a lot of people who do predictions now, 10th, when you look, as Gary said, at the type of clubs that are, are there... Um, 10th feels about right. It'll be a bit of progress compared to where we finished. Will Nigel be here this time next year if we finish 10th? Uh, that, that might be Nigel's choice, mightn't it, Gary? Because Nigel, yeah, yeah, he's very much. He, he, I think he like, I think his life, he, I don't know the man at all, but he seems to like to have stuff outside of football, you know, his outdoor pursuits and stuff like that. And he might think enough. Yeah, I mean, 10th would be progress, but you, you want to be 10th and and not too far. You know, you want that excitement because if you're in touch after Christmas and you hit a, a rich fame of form, you, you can, you'd be amazed where it can take you. Yeah. Mm. You, you can just nick in there. I mean, teams were in there all season. Blackburn, they missed out. Then the Millwall fell out on the last day. So, you can, you know, just be in and around it. Anything can happen. Yeah. No, that's right. Okay, Gary. So, uh, yeah, you're not watching the Portsmouth game. We're going to watch it on TV. Are you? Are you at Ashton Gate on the opening day of the season? I am. Yeah, I'll be covering uh, all the games in August. I think so. I'm looking forward Fantastic. to that. Fantastic. No, that's good because Chris is over in. Uh, is Chris going over in Spain? I think he spends most of. Yes, yeah, and uh, Chris is going to do a few games in September. So yeah, we'll both be looking. All forward. right. Well, look, Gary. As always, uh, pleasure having uh, you on and. Uh, Neil, likewise, and everybody who's listening will be doing our regular post-match reviews. We might do them live or whatever. I'll be reviewing the... I'm, I'm on holiday in Cyprus for the Preston game. If it had been... It was my stepdaughter's wedding on the Thursday. Had it been Leeds, Southampton, uh, Cardiff, Birmingham, various other clubs, I may have been coming back, but I thought Preston... 
it's one that I can afford to commit. So there we go. So I will be watching on Red TV legally in Cyprus. But Gary and Neil, thanks ever so much. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bow, bow, bowing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Red Red Robin's out, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-